Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. Welcome to Hawks Insiders. This is our post-game play ratings review after the uh, 25-point win over West Coast at the MCG on Sunday in front of 23,000 fans. It means I've lost my lunch bet with Simon Morowitz. Uh, I said there'd be 25,000 there. I think the weather killed me. I think West Coast's uh, their foot, their fans really didn't turn up. They could get 3,000, 4,000 to away games. There might have been 500 there. So I owe more a baked bean sandwich or something like that. I don't know. We'll work it out. Good to have uh, you, everybody with us the next hour or so as we go through player by player. Uh, Andrew Weiss, non-starter this evening. So he is uh, watching probably some Chelsea preseason game somewhere on the interwebs. So I'm joined by Danny Prince. How are you? Good, Ash. Nice to come off the bench again, and nice to come off the bench uh, two wins in a row. That's, uh, you that's a change. The guru. I think we'll just keep you going for every game. We want Hawthorne to win for the rest of the year. We'll have you involved. Darren Levine, hello. Hey, Ash. And uh, yeah, the, the 500 West Coast supporters that were there were pretty quiet, in my opinion. At least the section that I was in uh, wasn't much of an atmosphere at the ground. It was silent at times. When I was in MCC members. It was deathly silent. It was like watching a footy game in a library at some stage. And I can report that Ben McAvoy's nickname amongst the players is Big Boy. <laughs> Groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I heard yeah. that. Oh, you think it was in case you think it's a media invention? He's got something smarter with the players. No, Big Boy. The uh, the it did sound like a like a a VFL or a local game at certain points, there was like, you could hear all the conversation between players and the organization and all that sort of stuff. That's very rare at an AFL game. Yeah. 23,000 MCG is not, uh, doesn't make for a great atmosphere and it was cold and wet. And uh, anyway, we've got their horse one, two in a row and they are uh, playing some good footy. And the takeaway from today, I think will be that the young players, we're generally very good. Um, I'm not sure which way we're going to do this in order form, but with I'm hosting, we return to traditional values. So we're going to start with um, number one for the Hawks is Harry Morrison, as I find him on my iPad. 18 disposals, eight marks, two tackles, 59% uh, defensive half for Harry, 78% disposal efficiency, three contested possessions, he took, uh, he took eight marks, they were all uncontested, 329 metres gained. Uh, he had five inside 50s. He's been good this year, Harry, but probably one of the more unobtrusive players today. Danny. Yeah, um, I think I think in uh, an episode uh, of one of these Play Ratings podcasts about six weeks ago, I said he, I called him a downhill skier. And I think ever since then, I've been just, Every week, been eating my words. Oh, I actually thought he was pretty good today. He he copped a, I think he copped an awful decision, too high decision, um, uh, at one stage. Uh, I think against possibly against Liam Ryan, um, and yeah. But I thought he used the ball pretty well, uh, which Harry tends to do. And there were a lot of people that didn't use it very well today. So um, I'll give him a, a six out of 10. Um, he wasn't perfect, but he definitely wasn't our worst out there. So um, a, a solid Harry Morrison game without being outstanding. That decision was a howl. Not the worst decision today, which we'll get to when we talk about that particular player, but uh, that was a pretty bad decision. That was a, 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 He played that well. Um, Morrison should have made a free kick. Number two, Darren, is Mitch Lewis. Uh, the streak, he has to start a new streak now. Nine disposals, 
uh, he took two marks, one tackle, kicked one behind. He never looked like kicking that goal. He seemed lacking confidence, but I think the conditions, things the, the conditions on the foot probably didn't help him that much today. Six contested possessions. Um, he had one contested mark. He was on the ground for uh, the whole game, 125 minutes, 46. He did not leave the ground at all. 69 metres gained. Not a lot else to say. Three one percenters, eight ruck contests as well. It'll be interesting as we talk about him, um, Darren, that Sam Mitchell's always got a positive spin on how Mitch Lewis played. And even when he's not kicking goals, he does A, B and C. So uh, give us the positive spin on Mitch Lewis today. Uh, I don't know if I have much. Um, I think him missing that set shot in the first quarter really set the tone for his game. He, he took that great contested mark off the Sicily barrel, which was my favorite, one of my favourite moments of the game. He tried really hard, but it just was one of those days for him. I thought uh, just doing a, little, a few little things, working really hard, but I reckon he didn't look the same play with, with I think Cozzy's a really good foil for him. And it used to be the argument of whether they could play in the same side, but I think he's actually a better player when Cozzy's in the side. Um, Cozzy does, would do those pinch hitting in the, in the ruck things that Mitch was doing today. So, yeah, I, I think he really suffered from, from Cozzy not being there. Right. Um, and, and I'm going to give him a five, unfortunately. Number four, uh, Jarman Impey, 13 disposals, two marks, three tackles, one nice goal, uh, sort of uh, snap sort of goal from the opportunist goal from the goal screen. 84% offensive half, which I think he's going to be his go. Well, maybe next week that might change with uh, Sam Butler back on the side, but he's the closest they have to a small uh, forward. I miss Tom Mitchell. I'll get back to him, uh, Darren. Thank you for reminding me. Um, tell me about his game. Um, Danny? Uh, I've enjoyed the Jarman Impey to the forward line experiment. I think he's given us much more in the two two games he's played up forward than he probably did for the majority of the games he played this year down back. Um, he wasn't amazing today. He was just solid, but he's zippy. He, he skirts around the outside of packs. He looks dangerous. Um, he had another little snap that just bounced the wrong way and uh, when he went for a point, but he just looks like he provides something that we've missed and we've raided our, well, we've been smashed in our small forward stock this year with Brockman never getting off the ground, Butler being sore and not playing again today, um, more being converted into a Rolls-Royce midfielder and Chad Wingard being consistently injured. Um, it's nice to have another option up there and we'll probably talk about another option that we had as a as a small forward today a little bit later on, but um, I, I really enjoy uh, MP up there. I, I didn't think he was amazing. I give him a five and a half out of 10, but um, there's just moments that you see where you go, okay, I can see why you'd, why you'd play him there, just that that pace around the pack. So, uh, And he can fly for a mark too. So, yeah, um, keep him in the forward line, please. He came to Hawthorne as a forward. I think he came to Hawthorne as a half forward. And I remember he absolutely torched Hawthorne one night playing for Port Adelaide, playing as a forward as well. So he's actually... In, in Adelaide, if I remember yeah, correctly. Right. Yeah, he, yeah, we he, got he, slaughtered that day. He was <sighs> taking marks on blokes' heads and doing all sorts of things. So I think he's... He's been turned into a he's by necessity turned to a halfback flank, and it's not a good move at the time. But he's enjoyed his spell on the forward line, and uh, look again versatility that you need. And Mitchell wants everyone to wants his players to uh, 
you know, you have to play them two or three different parts of the ground. And the next player we're going to talk about is proof of that. So uh, that's just what Alfie got thought today from Germany. Tom Mitchell, sorry, I'll get back to him now. 33 disposals, 12 kicks, 21 handballs, two marks, three tackles, did not score. He had 54% disposal efficiency. 17 of his possessions were contested. He had 292 metres gained. He had 11 centre bounce attendances. We'll keep track of that in his teammates as we go through that game. Daz, Titch. Um, I actually really know what to say about that game. 33 touches on paper seems awesome. But 21 handballs, 292 metres gained. I just, I just don't know what his role is in this team. Four centre bounce attendances. Clearly, Sam Mitchell's preparing for life without Titch or some new role, which uh, I still haven't really understood the full picture of yet. So, he's on the wing for a while, though. He's on the wing, half forward, most of the time in the offensive part of the ground. I just, I, I don't really know what he does other than just, just kind of win the footy at times and be a link in the chain. And he, he doesn't, it's not really damaging by foot. Uh, doesn't get forward and kick goals. Spends seventy percent of the game in the offensive part of the ground. So it's it's weird to say this about a thirty-three disposal game, but six. I thought it was an old-fashioned Tom Mitchell game today. I thought it was sort of back to the footy play in his earlier times at Hawthorne. Danny's a more contested game. You just bottom of packs, chilling out handballs. Yeah, he's. I I mean, look. Let's be honest. Probably more than almost anybody in recent memory, he has an innate ability to find the football wherever he's playing. Um, you know, cause I didn't realize he had 33 touches till after the game finished and I checked the stats. Um, but what I did notice was he would get the ball, but one of the most frustrating things about Titch is that jam it on the boot as you come out of the pack when he's actually got a bit more time than he thinks. And it, it always ends up being a turnover uh, or not to the advantage of Hawthorne forwards. And I think we did that a little bit too much today. And um, that's one of the criticisms I have of Warple as well. And one of the things that I think O'Meara has taken out of his game. So um, Mitchell really needs to try to, you know, just stop, pause, think, and then, and then release the kick. Even you don't need to be an amazing kick, but just try and hit targets or put it to the advantage of players. He doesn't do that all the time. Warple was in the coach's box today. I saw Warps coming in. I said hello to him as I was walking in, just after the deluge that we had of walking up the bridge. Is that before or after he was eating KFC at the, at the pop-up store outside? Uh, Cape well, he wasn't eating KFC when I walked past him, so put it that way. <laughs> um, the, the other stat that's interesting about Mitchell is he had zero inside 50s for a player that spent 70-odd percent of the game, the offensive part of the ground. So it could have been an old-fashioned Tom Mitchell game, but it's just it's just feeling like we need to have have more product from him, more delivery inside 50. I can't remember the last time he hit someone lace out um, with a with a bullet pass or just heaps of up and unders, hand passes. So I think yeah, he's a territory game today, but in the position as well. James Longsleeves Sicily, number six for Hawthorne. Uh, Danny, 24 possessions, uh, six marks, uh, 83% disposal efficiency, uh, 12 contested possessions. Um, 
one contested 5-1 contested marks. Also spent every minute of the game on the ground. 542 metres gained, eight rebound 50s, 14 one percenters. Uh, what did you make of the game at the future captain of the Hawthorne Football Club? Thought he was pretty good today, sis. Um, 80, of, 80 to 85 of those metres were from that torp that does referenced earlier in the day when talking about Mitch Lewis. That was huge. That just kept going. Um, I, th- I thought he was all right. I think uh, it's it wasn't an easy day for defenders uh, because uh, when it's wet, you know, balls are coming in. And, and uh, make no mistake about it, the ball went into our defensive 50 a lot today. <laughs> um, Blank, uh, Denver Granger, Barras, Sicily, Scrimshaw, those guys ha- and CJ had their hands full. Um, but I-, I thought he was pretty good. He used it really well. And um, I like it when Sicily uses it well. I like it when he doesn't try to play the short kicks. I like it when he tries to find the longer targets because he seems to be more accurate by foot over longer distances. Uh, and it wasn't a game for pretty pretty foot skills today. So um, the metres gained are a real sign of the way that he, he tried to use it long and hard uh, up the line or up the guts. Um, I would give Sicily a uh, seven today. I thought it was pretty good. Number seven for Hawthorne, the captain, Ben McAvoy, 15 disposals, uh, one mark, one tackle, one goal, 67% disposal efficiency. He had seven contested possessions, five score involvements. He had 21 hitouts. He had 10 centre bounce attendances, 36 ruck contests. Apart from looking like a tall Surioli with that uh, goal in the last quarter, that lovely cramming goal. Dad, what did you make of this game? Yeah, it hasn't he made a difference coming back in the side? I think you were saying earlier, Ash, about how we, we may have won a few of those honourable losses had yeah, we had Ben McAvoy. I've had a couple of, having missed out a couple of things lately, the Essendon game, hmm. the Carlton game and the Collingwood game, I would argue, and maybe the Fremantle game. Maybe even the Richmond game too. They would have won if McAvoy played. Absolutely, they don't fall 40 points behind against Carlton without McAvoy playing. Hang on a minute. We're a finals team if McAvoy plays this year. Well, I'm telling you, they Pitnet, I don't want to, I'm trying to cut the out of it. Pitnet doesn't take Hawthorne apart in that fashion if yeah, McAvoy no. plays. Pitnet doesn't really take anybody they apart. They don't lose their nerve in the last quarter against Essendon with McAvoy playing. And I don't think Colin would get back in the game. Those last two goals. That's a good point. Yeah. The, the impact is way more than 15 touches and that brilliant goal where he looked like a like a tall serial, as you said. And I think his leadership around around the ground and you know we've we've struggled to kind of hang on to leads. And I think his his presence and um, his just ability to to really kind of be that steady pair of hands and key moments. I think he's he's been a really really big inclusion for us. Um, so, Wasn't it nice yeah. to see him with his face all bandaged up again, looking like normal too, Daz? I thought that was one of the highlights of my day. Very, very silly of him, I thought, for to come out on the ground without the bandage. What are you doing, doing, mate? What are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, it's a seven for number seven for me. Yeah, seven, number seven. Uh, number nine, one get nine. Chankwath GF, 24 disposals, 12 kicks, 12 handballs, six marks, a tackle. 74% defensive half, eight contested possessions. He had eight turnovers, five intercept possessions, four score involvements, 450 metres gained. He had, uh, that's about the notable stats. Danny, uh, 
I thought he worked his way into the game, and I thought after quarter time he was reasonably damaging. He was, he was all right, CJ. It was a weird CJ game where I think we've seen in the last few weeks that if he doesn't have a space when he receives it, I think his spatial awareness is really poor. Um, I don't think he has good peripheral vision and he doesn't have great awareness of what's around him. He got mowed down a couple of times just by thinking he had more time than everybody could see he didn't have um, and just got smashed. One was by Liam Ryan with a great chase down tackle. But, you know, you're looking at guys that have that real ability, say like a Will Day has, um, you know, to sort of weave out a traffic. They don't get tackled by by that tackle. Um, so there was those moments which were incredibly frustrating. But then there were moments of brilliance as well where he takes a game on, you know, or, make, or you know, takes a good mark or um, a good intercept uh, or a spoil or something like that. So it wasn't a bad game. I'd give him a six, but um, if he can cut out the the really sort of um, what, eight turnovers, if he could make that three, um, then that's a seven and a half game for CJ. Yeah. Few too many. He saw too many, too, few too many brain farts, unfortunately, yeah. for CJ. Number 10 is Jaeger, as Brad calls him, O'Meara. He had 18 disposals, four marks, four tackles, did not score. He had 67% disposal efficiency, six contested possessions, five turnovers, two intercept possessions. He took all his marks all uncontested, 187 metres gained. Uh, I said five clearances with three. Seven clearances, two stoppage clearances, three one percenters, 18 centre bounce attendances, makes him a clubhouse leader. Uh, Des? Yeah, I think he's had a great year. And I think he probably will finish in the top 10, if not the five. Could almost sneak into the top five of PCM because he's had a really consistent year. I feel like he's trusting his, his body more, which is a weird thing to say about someone who's kind of you know, over over 25 and had this sort of knee injuries that he's had. So he's a really important role player for, for us now in that midfield. Um, he feels like he's getting that sense of explosiveness back. A few times he exploded out of the stoppage and um, de- delivered it into the 50. And that was just the Jager role for me. And I'm, I'm a really... Full credit to him because he's he's actually put together a, a really, really decent, probably his best year at the club. I thought it's a nice work in the clinches today as well. So did you give him a ranking? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a, a seven. Connor Nash, number 11, 18 disposals, uh, seven kicks, eleven handballs, two marks, a tackle, did not score equals to the time really in either half of the ground. 72% disposal disposal efficiency, which is great for Connor. Nine contested possessions. He had one turnover, three score involvements, 90 metres gained, four clearances, all from stoppages. Uh, he had nine centre bounce attendances, took one ruck contest. Danny? Not a, not a great Connor Nash game for me today. I thought he'd have a much better or much greater impact on the game with the conditions being wet and him being a strong body and a good runner and all that sort of thing. I was surprised when I read that he had 18 touches. I didn't see him get that much of the football. Um, there were a couple of moments of, of good quality, um, you know, a couple of handoffs to, which created inside 50s and stuff like that, but it was just a pass for me today for, for Connor Nash. And, I think if he's getting 18 touches, you want him to be centre clearances or 
you know, big, big wins, one-on-one wins. And uh, we have quite a lot of, quite a few light frames bodies at the moment in this team. So we need our big bodies to, to be crunching in and winning those, those clearances and stuff like that. And we got smashed in the clearances by, by the Eagles. So um, five and a half, I'll give him an extra half mark, five and a half for Connor today. Will Day, nine disposals, three marks, two tackles, two goals, first of which was an absolute beauty. Uh, he had eight uncontested possessions. He was uh, five score involvements, one goal assist. He had one mark inside 50. He had two tackles, or both inside 50, three inside 50s. He had two touches after half time. Mark Robinson's already put him in the dislikes for the tackle for this round that were in mind shortly before we started recording this podcast. Uh, Daz, my concern on Will Day before I let you, I'm not, I'm not sure he's running out games very well. I'm not sure he's, because he's been such a stop start year for, I'm not sure the tank is quite where it should be. But uh, the first goal was lovely. Yeah, he's spot on. And that first half, I saw enough from Will. Will Day to know he's going to be a terrific player for us in the future. Don't want to judge him too harshly because it's it's been a really uh, stop-start year for him. Another player who I think Sam Mitchell is trying to build um, his kind of versatility around the ground, and I really did like him up forward. Those two goals were great, and it just showed that he has that in his locker, which is so exciting when you think of his future maybe as a more aggressive um, player on the wing or in the midfield. Um, or even as a, you know, he, he's he's got the height to actually be that sort of high half forward sort of player. So it's 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 an interesting sort of step in his development, uh, whether he does play next week in the forward line or what Sam does with him. But um, I liked his first half. I thought it, I thought he was he was really exciting. So yeah, I'm going to give him a five and a half just because he disappeared completely in that second half. Sam Mitchell did say afterwards that uh, you know, part of experimentation and throwing players around, seeing what they could do. To one one of those today was to play Will Day in forward line, see what he was capable of. They've got so many halfback flankers, well, I don't know what to do with them all. So they've got to find second, third strings for them. Dylan Moore, the winner of the Paul D medal today, 25 disposals, uh, seven marks, six tackles, the obligatory mandatory goal. 60% disposal efficiency, 12 contested possessions. He had four turnovers, one intercept possession, five score involvements, one goal assist. He took seven uncontested marks, 283 metres gained, seven clearances, of which four were centre clearances, three from stoppages, six tackles, 19 centre bounce attendances. Um, Danny, wax lyrical about your boy. Dylan Moore is elite. He was, I mean, you know, we, again, I've, I'm, I'm eating, I'm eating my words when earlier in the season, it was suggested we play him in the middle. And I said, I don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul because he's too good as a small forward. Well, it turns out he's a phenomenal midfielder and uh, has really added in the last two weeks. Well, firstly, firstly, before I tell you what he's added, it's incredible how well he's just seamlessly fit into the midfield unit and become straight away one of our better better midfielders um the bar is not high for our midfield group that's for sure but um he's just stepped in there like he's been playing in in the Hawthorne midfield his whole life and uh and 
he uses the ball well. He finds it in and under. He wins. He win. He can win the first ball, but he can, his delivery outside of coming out of packs and coming away from congestion is is very very good by hand or foot. And he's got a great endurance base, and we know he likes to get forward and kick goals too. So, um, yeah, a real surprise pack. I mean, he's got to be close to knocking on the door for for the uh, for the All Australian twenty two, um, and if he keeps this up. I think he's just turning himself into like an incredibly valuable piece. And it's, it's amazing. You know, we probably talk about it every week, but it's amazing how, you know, he was so close to not getting a gig at all a couple of, a couple of years ago. And now you, you know, he's probably one of the first names picked on the team sheet. So um, I give him an eight. I thought he was fantastic. One of our best players and uh, yeah, all power to him for making that transition from small forward to midfielder look so easy. Someday someone will write an oral history about that last game in against Gold Coast in 2020, just the Stratton goal and what have you, Piopolo playing out of his uh, out of his behind and uh, I, to be honest, yeah, I hope I hope it's Damian Barrett and he and he terms it sliding doors because that's actually sliding doors. <laughs> sliding doors. Um, but yeah, there is there's a, there's a lot in that. Darren Jack Scrimshaw, 23 disposals. Uh, 10 marks, one tackle, a goal straight out of the Grant Birchall. With Grant Birchall in the house, he kicked a goal. That, it, it sort of goal we used to see Birch kick uh, often for Hawthorne. He didn't get that many goals, but that sort of goal when he did kick them. He had um, five contested possessions, 18 uncontested possessions, and 100% scoring efficiency. Sorry, my dog is in here and she's uh, squealing, so I'm going to have a bit of background noise. Sorry about that. 277 metres gained, and... Uh, what did make of Jack Scrimshaw's game, Daz? Yeah, I love the goal. And I, I had such a good view of it as well. And the way he straightened up his body and it just just threaded it right through. He's been wanting to, threatening to kick a goal like that, I think, for for most of the year, trying to creep forward and, and get on the end of one. So I was, I was wrapped for him, did the number 14 proud. And he was just another great game from Jack Scrimshaw. What more can be said? He's just had a he's had a terrific year, um, so I'm going to give him a seven and a half. Blake Hardwick, twenty-two disposals, uh, six marks, no tackles, eighty-six percent disposal efficiency, six uh, four contested, fifteen uncontested possessions, four turnovers, five intercept possessions, three score involvements, four to four meters gained, uh, three kick-ins. Three kicking play-ons. It tells you a bit about what I wanted to do. Five rebound 50s. Danny. Uh, just so incredibly smart, I thought, his game today. And probably all year. Um, he, If we're talking about uh, O'Meara sort of sitting between five and ten in the Peter Crimmins later on this year, well, this man is sitting sort of two to five, I think. he's uh, He's been incredibly consistent. And just seems to be getting better and better. Uses the ball really well. Um, you know, to have 22 touches and go at a disposal efficiency of 86% is is amazing. And uh, and I think we're starting to see, you know, that that next step. He's taken that next step from being a really sort of reliable, solid player to being uh, a very, very, very good player. And, yeah, I'm not sure who the last, like, small defender we've had is who's as good as Blake Hardwick. I don't know if I pose that to you guys and see what you think, um, but I'll give him a seven out of 10 for today's game. 
That's a good question. We'll have to but, uh, go over the spaces on Thursday night to speak about that. I'll have, have a think about that. Yeah. He's Guerra-esque for me, always has yeah. been. And well, I think, but it, he defends like Ben Stratton though at times too. So. That's what I was going to say. I think he's probably a better defender mm. than Guerra. I mean, Guerra yeah. had a cannon, right? So he had that yeah. weapon. Number 22, Luke Bruce. What an afternoon at the footy for him. Uh, he had 15 disposals, three marks, two tackles, but lead is that he kicked six goals, two in a sublime performance. He had 11 contested possessions of his 15. He had uh, two turnovers, two intercept possessions, 11 score involvements, uh, 272 metres gained. And in game 255, he had a career equal best uh Six goal return, a couple of free kicks, including that one of which was I was watching with my mates of Doc American football that is kicked, kicked in his direction, knowing he's going to draw the free, and he got the free and he, and he kicked the goal. It's like pass interference in the NFL. So, um, Darren Luke Bruce, uh, a great day at the footy. Yeah, I've been saying, I think it was last week, that the best that we can expect from Luke, Luke Bruce now is cameos. And he made me absolutely eat my words today because pretty much one, one of the players that won us the game, if not won us the game. And I think he is, he's got to stick around for, for me for, the, for at least next year um, just because his output is on paper is still incredible. Um, he goes missing for, for, for parts of games, but today he really put together, a, 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 I would say, a, Three quarter performance, and he was he was absolutely brilliant, and it was awesome to watch. Um, probably could have got seven goals, to be honest. There just at the end, but um, yeah, I'm going to give him an eight, eight and a half. He's under contract for next year, so he'll certainly hang around for 2023. Then the Granger Brass, eleven disposals, three marks. He had uh, 84. I'm oh, sorry, my dog's making all sorts of noises. Sorry about that. 84 percent defensive half. 73% disposal efficiency, uh, seven contested possessions, uh, five uncontested possessions, eight intercept possessions. Um, I've written in the uh, 43 metres gained. I've written in my observations that will be in the review tomorrow that it was an unobtrusive game, but he actually, to me, looked like he belonged. There's something about, I had an air of confidence about DGB in this game that I haven't always had. Danny? Yeah, I was. That's effectively the line that I was going to lead with. So I'm glad that it wasn't just me thinking it because I do have a bit of a Denver Granger Barras bias. Uh, but I thought he looked really comfortable. I thought he attacked the oncoming ball well. I thought he held his man fairly well, um, all things considered. I think the biggest, the hardest thing for uh, for Denver is the fact that he's so lightly built and just doesn't have that core strength to be able to move his man off the line of the ball. Um, and you can see when he gets tackled that he really, like, they take him in the tackle because he's still so lightly framed. So um, you have a look at how James Blank, but as a comparison, just being a, a year or two older with having, you know, a bit more muscle on his on his frame, was able to handle a little bit more of that physicality. Um, so I'm confident that with a, a preseason or two in the gym, um, he'll get there as well. 
and he'll become an even more complete player. But I, I, I really love that uh, DGB and blank uh, key defensive pillars. Um, like again, I'm, you know, this is one thing I will take credit for. I've been campaigning for us allowing Sicily to play as that third tall. Um, and he looks much better now that he doesn't have to play on Josh Kennedy and Jack Darling. So, um, but yep, good game by uh, Denver. I, I, I give him a five and a half. Um, it wasn't groundbreaking, but it's the sort of game you want to see as the baseline for him going forward and just getting games into him in the back half of this year is important. Next up, Ash. Sorry, next up. Sorry, I'll take myself off mute. Josh Ward. Darren, 34 disposals, 23 uh, and 11, seven marks, five tackles. He had uh, 12 contested possessions. He had uh, six turnovers, three intercept possessions, eight score involvements, 618 metres gained. Um, he had six clearances, one centre, five stoppage. He was at six centre bounce attendances. This was his best game, surely, for the club so far. Yeah, he has arrived officially and we've been waiting for a breakout game for Josh Ward. And that, that was an incredible performance. I thought one of our best players on the ground used the footy so well. He's got such a great footy brain. Um, Hard to fault that performance. I thought he was brilliant and just so exciting to see that midfield and just to, to be at the ground and see that midfield set up of Ward and Newcomb and Dylan Moore in there and Ned Reeves in the ruck. It's just the new look Hawthorne and it's just just so exciting. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Ward a... Uh, don't want him to get too big ahead, but I'm going to give him a seven and a half. This might be the rising star week for him. We've talked about the second Hawthorne player. At some stage, you know, development ish, there should be more than one player getting the nomination. Hopefully, this might be the one for Ward. Although I'll probably give it to the West Coast guy because he had 11 tackles. Anyway, uh, but it was a really good game from Josh Ward. Just look confident. You don't want to say you don't, you don't wish concussion on any player, Danny, but the few weeks off did in the world of good, having almost a mid season uh, break. Yeah, well, I mean, he just... Form. He's been reinvigorated since coming back. Yeah, he just looks, like, far more confident, doesn't he? He's running to the right spots. He's getting the ball. He's using it well. And, uh, you know, I mean, 34 touches is is well and truly a breakout game. And I hope, I hope that gives him so much confidence going into the rest of the year to know that, you know he can comfortably play play and play really well at this level. So um, very exciting to see. Just another piece in the puzzle. Number 31. We talk about Dylan Moore loving a goal. I think this guy loves a goal just as much, if not more. His eyes light up. And so at one stage, I think he broke into a big grin when he was about to kick a goal. He just knew that it was his time to shine. And his name is Conor McDonald. Had 13 disposals. He had five marks, seven tackles. Two goals, one, he had uh, 62% disposal efficiency. Four of his 13 uh, possessions were contested. He had three turnovers, one intercept possessions, five score involvements. He had 164 metres gained, he had one clearance. Did he have a centre bounce of tennis? He did not. Um, but he played a good, he's a damaging, he can do some damage in the right uh, circumstance in the forward line. That, yeah, um, 
president of the Connor McDonald fan club here. So you're preaching to the choir, I think. Uh, he's, he's got a goal in him. Pretty much, I, I, I can't remember a game where he didn't kick one. Um, that first goal was just such a classy, just the, just the way he went, when he, when he went back and just shifted his body to, to not collide with the other player and then just the way he kicked that, that goal was just absolute class and that's Conor McDonald really. So he's goes missing at various points of the game and he's a young player learning his craft, but another, another one of this young brigade who has an enormous ceiling and um, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for Connor. So I'm going to give him a six. He finished the game. He went missing as he does, but he finished the game beautifully. So um, no, well played, well played by him. Finn McGuinness, thirty-two for the Hawks, twenty-one disposals. He had six marks, a tackle, two behinds. He had uh, went at sixty-two percent disposal efficiency. Nine of his uh, possessions were contested. He had one turnover, two intercept possessions, twelve score involvements for Finn, which is bloody good. Um, he had 346 metres gained. He was in four set of bounces. Danny, he is inching closer and closer to best 22 at the Hawks, is he not? He is really starting to find his feet at AFL level. And um, I think Finn is uh, is another great example in these young developing Hawthorne players that have just preaching a little bit of patience with these guys as different players take different periods to adjust to the demands of AFL footy. And we knew Finn, we were excited about Finn, um, not just because his last name is a, is that of a, a former Hawk, but because he was so, such an aerobic beast and built, you know, like a, like a man already when he came in. But the reality is, you know, NAB league footy and, and AFL footy are, so far away from each other and and that transition isn't always easy and I think uh, all the credit in the world needs to go to Sam Mitchell in the way that he's gradually changed and educated and developed Finn in various different aspects playing behind the ball playing as a tagger playing on the wing playing inside and uh, playing as a defensive forward like he did the other week and I thought he did a great job on Tim Kelly when he was on him. He, there was periods where he wasn't on him and he was allowed to just go and get his own footy. And he did that incredibly well. He didn't burn or butcher anything by foot today either. Um, that was like really bad. And like you said, he had 12 score involvements. That was a team high and it might've even been a match high, I think. So um, it was a match high, yeah. that's huge. That's huge. So, um, you know, we're, we're seeing from where people, you know, early in the season were saying, oh, this guy's not going to make it, you know, to list him at the end of the year to McGuinness could be a legitimate piece, a legitimate piece of, you know, of the future. So that's really exciting. Um, and I think it, it should give hope to the Connor of Downies and the Seamus Mitchells and those guys on our list that haven't had that crack yet either. Makes you think that um, they're going to be patient with, so I'm not sure Amos Mitchell, I think he's borderline to be on the list next year, but certainly Downey will be given the same uh, opportunity in his third year to press his claims as um, McGuinness has. Of that, I have no doubt. But I think he did his hamstring again at training on Thursday. We might not see him again this year. He might join the six or seven other players from Hawthorne who are already in Cottonwood for the start of pre-season. We'll see how that goes. 
Josh Morris, Tank Morris, 11 disposals. He had one mark, but it was a mark on a day when the Hawks were honouring Paul Deere. It was a tough, hard man. That mark he took in the middle of the MCG with someone from West Coast, I didn't get his name, bearing down on him at a million miles an hour was a thing of beauty. And that alone should earn a point or two in the rankings, Daz. He had uh, 54% disposal efficiency, three contested possessions. He had five turnovers, three intercept possessions, two score involvements, 153 metres gained. What did you make of Tank Morris, Daz? Yeah, well, that's a suitable nickname because I think that's the second week in a row that he's done something really courageous, um, taking a mark that's was in, was important to take. And I, I, with Morris, I'm, 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 he's an important sort of depth player and I think he's developing nicely as a depth player for us. I'm not sure where he fits in the side when the Lockie Brambles of the world come back, but um, he's... It was, his, it was one of his better games, definitely, for, for the Hawks. And I think, um, yeah, he's, he, he really is courage personified. Um, and, yeah, I, I didn't mind his game. Thought it was thought it was an okay game. So I'm going to give him a five and a half. Um, didn't, didn't do too much wrong. That mark set up a goal. Um, and I know that every player on the ground pretty much ran to Morris after the goal was kicked to uh, let him know that he'd, uh, he'd set up the goal with that uh, very courageous piece of play. Um, James Blank, who I'm calling Arthur Blank because of the, of the NFL connection with being known to the Falcons. James Blank had seven disposals. He had one mark, one tackle. Uh, he's a key defender, so we don't get too worried about the stats. He had three contested possessions. He had... Um, 23 metres gains. We didn't go very far with the ball. Um, but he's, he knows when to spoil. His spoiling is pretty good. The little dinky kicks. He's quite good at coming out of the back line. Danny, have we found a player? Oh, we absolutely have, yeah. And, uh, and I think it was one of those ones that sort of uh, come out a bit out of nowhere uh, like John Newcomb did last year. This Box Hill connection is just the gift that keeps on giving to Hawthorne's list. And uh, I, I I just can't believe he's coming in in, in the four weeks or, or whatever that he's played uh, football at Hawthorne and just looked like he's been there for three years. Um, the composure uh, to the point where he'll sort of weave out of a tackle or bust the tackle and then pull it pull a kick around the corner, the dinky kick that you talked about, Ash, but it's, it's not even just a dinky kick. It's like a, I see somebody on my left side and I'm going to hit him by swinging. It's, it's really strange. And it's not something you see from a key back, um, but he's very clever. I think in the way that he uses the ball, because I don't think he's a great kick, but I think he's just a smart dude. It's a complete opposite of Sicily and Hardwick. And they get the ball there and Carrish to just kick the shizen out of it. Yeah. <laughs> don't, Blake, Blake hasn't been given that license yet. No, no. And it's a little bit maybe like the license that Frawley was always given when he was at Hawthorne. Just as long as you hit a, 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 <laughs> another Hawthorne teammate, we don't care. Yeah. You're not you're not here for your kicking, <laughs> you for your kicking, mate. But um but I think like I mean, you know, he played on he played on Josh Kennedy all game and he kept Josh Kennedy, one of the greatest sort of full forwards of the modern era, to two goals. And I I mean, 
he will have learned so much from that experience. Um, you can't put you can't put a monetary value on how much that's worth for a, for a 21 year old key defender with under a dozen, half a dozen games under his belt. So um, I give him a six. I thought he was great. I absolutely love him, and I think um, you know, in no small part, I'm, I'm sure Sam Frost's injury is a season-ending one. But even if it wasn't. It, it may, would make sense for the Hawks to just treat it as such because of how well he's adapted to AFL footy. Uh, Sam Frost is a member of the match committee for the rest of the year, I read somewhere, and certainly in the coach's box today, being very active. Um, last, but by no means least when it comes to this guy, is Jai Duke Newcomb, 28 disposal. 12 and 16, if you want to break it down. Four marks, four tackles, did not score. 68% disposal efficiency. He had 13 contested possessions. He had six score involvements, one goal assist. As he took four marks, 391 metres gained, five clearances, one centre, four stoppages. 26 centre bounce attendances to lead the Hawks. Further proof now that he's just about Hawthorne's number one midfielder. Um, a joy to watch once again I thought it's interesting it's not about the rising stage and I talk about every week in this bloody podcast um, but it, and he's not going to win it so I'll resolve Nick, uh, Nick Dacos is a very special footballer but it was just good for Newcomb to play a really good game today and just to remind everybody what an outstanding season he's having and that he should certainly be in the top three I think the boy Deconing from the Cats had a pretty good night as well on Saturday night but uh, Jai picked a really good week to play a really good game. Yes. Yeah, he did. And um, in, in a weird way, I, I think it's good that he's not going to win this award because I think he just needs to do what he does. And I don't think he's real. I mean, I don't think he's really going to care. He doesn't seem like the kind of He said of he wanted to win it at the start of the year. I know he, he said he wanted to win it, but I just, he just doesn't, doesn't seem like that stuff phases him at all. No. Um, and I think he doesn't need that sort of pressure. I don't think that did any anything good for previous winners, Jaden Stevenson, uh, et cetera. I think um, Jai's just going about it beautifully and uh, it's just another another game where he just does things that you... I just... Just amazes me that we found this player, just plucked him out of nowhere because he's unbelievable. Um, and... As I said before, it's just amazing to watch the, the way that we're lining up at centre bounces now with Jai as the, effectively the main man and the only ever present in that midfield unit. Um, so who knows what his career is going to be, but it, it's just tracking in, in the right right the right the way. So I'm going to give him a seven and a half. Yeah, he played very well. And finally, the coach, uh, whoever wants to... Talk about Ash, the coach. You forgot the big noodle. The big noodle. Um, he's, he's easy to miss, Ned Reeves. He's a small man. <laughs> the big noodle, number 37, Ned Reeves. He had nine disposals, seven kicks, th- uh, two marks, one of which resulted in a nice goal, three tackles at one stage. Today, he picked up the ball from the ground, I think. It was a beautiful uh, blow his knees, pick up and dispose of the ball. Four contested possessions. Um, he had... 25 metres gained, 39 hit-outs. He had 65 ruck contests, 21 centre-bounce attendances, 
all up a reasonably good game for Ned Reeves, Danny. Yeah, Ned was Ned was pretty solid. And look, um, came in with not much to compete against in the ruck. So dominated as you would expect, but it kind of didn't translate to centre clearances. And that's a bit of a shame. I would have liked to have seen the Hawks get a bit more joy from the middle out of his tap work because his tap work is is actually very very high quality um nice nice to see the big ruckman move forward and and take a mark and kick a goal he's got a really sort of awkward action but uh it seems to go pretty straight and go through so uh he's not a bad kick a goal at all um but yeah i'll give him a six and a half i i think um i think again another one of those young guys that Games under their belt are more important for the future than they are whatever the result of them is uh, right now. So, um, yeah, he just needs to work on, I guess, getting a bit more of it around the ground than he does at the moment. Would you keep playing him or do you play him another couple of weeks and then get shoulder done early? Uh, Yeah, I would play him for, yeah, probably two more and then... um, put him in for surgery and then give Max Lynch the last couple of weeks at AFL level as a reward for effort. Uh, Lynch absolutely brained him in the VFL uh, yesterday too. I think 45 hit outs he had. So um, yeah, I think, I think that'd be a good reward for Lynch and gives, uh, gives Ned Reeves the the head start so that he doesn't miss too much of preseason. Cause I think preseason for Reeves is going to be huge this year, next year. Yeah, because I mean, so much of what his preseason needs to be about is strength work. I think they don't want to have, they don't want to be wasting too much time with him doing rehab. I think they want to get him in, get him fixed, and then get him back, you know, from November doing the strength work. Because he, as, as imposing as he, he already is size wise, he needs two more, two or three more summers really before he yep. reaches his physical peak. So, you yeah, guys just assuming that we're not playing finals. <laughs> Oh, we didn't have big boy when it counted, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's a degree of confidence now. I'll probably get through the season with big boy back playing and um, yeah, Lynch. And uh, yeah, I, 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 well, they've got North this week for the game against Todd Goldstein. Be good, really good experience for him. And then after that, they've got uh, St Kilda. I'd play him against Ryder and Marshall. Again, the best t- ruck tandem. And then after that, there's three games after that. I would uh, I put in Cotton Wolf for the last three. No need to take him down to Tassie um, and yeah, get Lynch in those last three games. That's how I would be approaching it. Um, as I said before, uh, sorry, slightly out of order. Sam Mitchell, good game for Sam today. I mean, he was coaching against a bit of a master versus pupil for him, uh, coaching against Adam Simpson, who he spent some time with at West Coast. He's part of that West Coast. Coaching staff in 2018 would have been keen to get the win today against, sounds ridiculous saying it for Sam Mitchell, but his former club. But uh, how do you think he went today, boys? Uh, I've never have a bad, bad word to say about Sam Mitchell. I think he's fantastic. But um, I just like the creativity. I like um, Will Day in the forward line. That gets him a couple of goals. Um, I like, uh, you know, the Continued use after last week of Dylan Moore in the middle, um, Josh Ward playing off a wing, Finn McGuinness um, tagging and then being released from the tag. Um, oh, yeah, look, it, it wasn't the prettiest game. It's not going to win any awards aesthetically that game of football, but um, it was one that I think the Hawks were expected to win and it was one that they were able to control the tempo of and control the result. So, um, yeah, uh, good, good, 
well-coached game by Mitchell. And I don't know if we rate him, but I'd give him a seven and a half out of 10. We haven't worried about this game. I mean, in the last quarter, they kept, I mean, for the third in the last quarter, they kept sort of had this habit of matching, of answering Hawthorne goals pretty quickly. Hawthorne couldn't put enough of a break. Did you ever think the game was in doubt? Not, not in doubt, but it was frustrating that every time we kicked like two or three goals away, they'd kick one immediately and we just couldn't break the back of the game. And it would have been nice to, um, you know, just from a, a player confidence point of view, have a 45, 50 point win instead of a 25 point win. But um, it never felt like, I mean, I never felt like not confident that we weren't going to win it. It's just that it was a bit, like, come on, boys, just 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 kill this game, please, sort of thing. That was the feeling that I had. Yeah, it was a slow start as well, and I was a bit worried in that first quarter. But I think you said it really well there, Danny, in, in, in terms of how this was the first game I felt that they actually controlled the tempo and they they they, they kind of had a good grasp on the game throughout. Um, and I think the great thing about Sam Mitchell is he is throwing players around and he's building versatility in the team. But you, everyone's kind of slotting in quite seamlessly. I think everyone's buying in and there does seem to be, uh, it's, it's not, there's a method to the madness. It doesn't seem to be just experimentation for experimentation's sake. So he's just, he's a, just a very, very smart thinker um, and he's got the players buying in. So yeah, it's, it's been a terrific first season and I think he's got more wins than Clarko had now in his first season, which is a big milestone and big monkey off his back. He has had a very good first season. And, uh, yeah, I thought yeah, they, they, the better team for most of it, in control for most of it, played some tempo footy, forced West Coast to be ultra-defensive at times. So I think they had control of the game. That has been our review podcast for the round, um, what was it, round 18 game. This week, it's the uh, Hawks are heading down to Hobart for the first time to play North Melbourne. Interesting to see what sort of crowd they get down there and how much, how many Hawthorne fans will... Firstly, how many Hawthorne fans are in Hobart? And secondly, how many of the ones from Launceston in the north of Tasmania will make the two-hour trek down, given that there's two more games there to follow as well. So Hawthorne now have got more games in Tassie first year than they do in Victoria, so they really are the Tassie Hawks the rest of the season. Uh, join us on the spaces back to Thursday night. Fingers crossed we're going to have a really good special guest on Thursday night. He's agreed to come on. I don't want to say who it is in case he lets us down, but once I get the confirmation, we'll put it out in the socials. Um, but it would be absolutely worth listening to. He's a great storyteller, great Hawthorne person, and uh, I think you'll love hearing from him and very relevant to where the club is at the moment. I've probably half given away who it is, but uh, let's just protect it till. Uh, you know for sure. Um, the player review will be up sometime on Monday as well, plus more great content over the course of the week. Hawks Insiders, thanks for supporting. A guy sitting in front of me at the football today just turned around one stage and said to me, How much he enjoys Hawks Insiders? So I didn't get his name, but uh, whoever it was, thank you very much for that. Um, any last words, gentlemen, before we finish up? I'm feeling left out. No one's ever said that to me at the footy, although I was in a pretty West Coast heavy area today. So, yeah, they probably hate me. Um, but, yeah, thanks, everyone, for your support and very much looking forward to that space on Thursday. I don't want to give it away either and I don't want to jinx it. It will be fun. Danny, thanks for joining us and for filling in once again. And you'll thanks for having me. You'll do this again before the end of the year without a doubt. 
Thanks, everyone. Enjoy your week. I'm not sure the game's worth watching, but I think your podcast you might get more out of the podcast than watching the game. So enjoy that. We'll talk to you again over the course of the weeks on Hawks Insiders. Thanks and goodbye.